This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. People of Earth, your planet has to be Welcome to Conspiracy, the show the world's most trusted conspiracy theory podcast with your hosts adam todd brown and olivia Hydar. hey everybody welcome to conspiracy the show i'm your host adam todd brown joining me as co-host today Ooh. My favorite co-host of all, no co-host, but I do have a guest who is my co-host on another podcast and who has been on this podcast a whole bunch of times. (laughs) Jen Scott is here. It's true. It's me. I feel like I have to burp and sneeze that whole time you were talking and I was trying not to. And now they're both gone. That's frustrating. Like the burp just like went back down inside. Uh, There we go. Oh, there it is. There it is. I like, I could have held it forever, but it... If since we talked about it, it could come out. And I'm being an asshole. It's not just Jen Scott who's here. Her dog Clarence is also joining us. My dog Clarence is also here. Here, Clarence, sniff the microphone. <gasps> okay, that's the best you can do. <laughs> Clarence, you tried your best. I... He really was like, uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to your input on the pod. So, Jen, how's it going? Oh, bad. <laughs> I hear you. 2023 is kind of a cunt. Yeah, it's it's not been great so far. I still have an anesthesia needle in my jaw, for example. That is true. You have yeah. entered a new year with a needle in your jaw. Yeah. Went out like a <laughs> lamb with a needle in my jaw and came in <laughs> like a lion with a needle in my jaw. That... Have you considered that your jaw is a haystack? I wonder if I could just do without it. <laughs> Like I, well, I it is weird have... that they can't get it out. It is giving needle in a haystack vibes. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, I am the proverbial haystack. Yeah, you haystack in. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about a documentary today. This we is, sure are. This is a documentary that you recommended to me, and then I looked into what it was about, and I was like, "Oh, we should do." a conspiracy episode about that. And then, oh boy, did things come out about this documentary filmmaker. We literally scheduled it, and then the next day, it was like, (laughs) oh, fuck, should we still do this episode? And my ass was like, well, I think it's a really important conversation to have. (laughs) I mean, that's It kind of is. I think it is kind of an important conversation to have in so many ways. In so many ways. Some uncomfortable ways many uncomfortable (laughs) ways in fact like i also i I have like an anecdotal story that i had met andrew callahan on the street like the week before oh really yes i knew nothing about him before this and we should tell people i mean i'm acting like there's a lot of mystery as to what we're talking about yeah we're like we will reveal (laughs) yeah as if people don't download this podcast that has a title that says in a description but we're talking about the HBO Max documentary, This Place Rules, which, which was originally supposed to be named America Takes a Shit, and HBO said no. Oh, This Place Rules is so much better of a title. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that that's-, that's It's way corp- funnier. Yeah, that's corporate America stepping in for the better. That's, that's rare. You don't see that happen. They did it. A whole lot. Yeah, it's made by a comedian. He's a comedian, right? He calls himself a comedian. No. Does he do stand-up comedy? No. He doesn't? Okay. He's a journalist. I've seen him described as a comedian, but... Really? Well, there... I mean, there is some... Just because of Tim and Eric? Well, Tim and Eric produced it, so... I mean, probably that, but there is a comedic element to the way he conducts interviews. I think the way he interviews people is kind of fascinating, because... It is. It's just like letting them talk. It's that... And I feel like he gets a lot out of people by not reacting to what they're saying. Yeah, he's very much just like nodding. The 
interview that like really typifies that for me in this documentary, he's talking to the black Trump supporter who keeps doing push-ups. Remember that guy? Yes. And this guy's getting so worked up. And at one point he just screams like, Trump is a god. And you can tell he's expecting a reaction. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't get it. And then he just like calms down and keeps talking. So crazy. It is. And that's kind of what, I mean, it's not what sucks about the allegations about this guy. But I want to look into his work more. And like, I don't I know. I mean, I've been watching him for so long. Like, he did All Gas, No Breaks like forever ago. And there's even some of the footage that's this is still from All Gas, No Breaks era before like that company pretty much stole that brand name from him and replaced him, which was like crazy because nobody's going to be able to get the same content out of people. His interview style also reminds me of a selling technique that they teach you in retail where the way he just kind of puts the microphone in someone's face, you feel like you have to talk. Yeah. And... There's two selling techniques that remind me of this. I would, they tell you to just put something in somebody's hands. Yes. When you're selling it to them, just put it in their hands. They're so much more likely to buy it. The amount of shit I have sold because I just put it in someone's hand. Like, it's crazy. People are like, oh, this is mine now. Like, your brain just goes, this is my responsibility now. Yeah. You, ha- you have to, like, critically think more than you ever would have if you had never held something. And I think that a microphone being put in your face is the same general effect. And then also there's, like, a selling technique that I don't know if me and my coworkers made it up or what, but the microphone does the same thing as this, where um, we would cross our arms, like, hold your wrist in front of you with your arms down in front of like just with your arms down hold your arms in front of you when you're talking and then put them behind you when it's the other person's turn to talk oh wow and that is like again like the same like microphone like you're knowing what it's like a talking stick kind of but with like physical interaction but yeah that's a really good way to get somebody to know when it's their turn to talk is if you just move your arms behind your back and look at them (laughs) yeah and I mean, speaking of retail techniques, I used to sell furniture for a while. And one of the things I learned selling furniture that I think is applicable to how he interviews people is whoever talks last loses. Mm -hmm. Like you're supposed to say, all right, so what do you think? And then you don't say shit until they talk again. Because if you open ended questions, yeah, if you wait and jump in and go, Or like we have a sale next week, they're going to be like, all right, fine. Thank you for breaking that tension. I'll come in next week. But Mm -hmm. you leave it to them to break that tension and see if they want to disappoint you or not. And yeah, it does seem like he employs a lot of that in his interviews. But we talked about this documentary a little bit on Trend Pony and Jessica Singer brought up that she could also see him kind of employing these tactics on women he's trying to fuck. Yeah, victims. (laughs) And that's kind of what has come out about him. Yeah, more than anything, the term sex pest has been thrown around. But we'll get to that. I think that that. it's worth talking about the documentary without the overhanging Andrew being a fuck aspects. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a really... And I think it's worth talking about with the Andrew being a fuck aspects, too, so... Both of them, yeah. And... We should, you know, we'll talk about the documentary first, obviously, because that's what came out first. Chronology. So now, beat by beat, we're going to have the perspective of someone who knew about the documentary (laughs) maker being a fuck and someone who never knew. (laughs) Yeah. Scene by scene. (laughs) We're going to go through the whole thing. So I didn't expect this to start with a dispute between Joker Gang and Gum Gang. Me neither. And I was like, who the fuck are these two? That's it really just goes to show how huge the Internet is. Like there's mm-hmm. room for all of us. This Joker gang guy has like 80,000 followers or something like and he's I think more than that. I think like 800,000 followers. Yeah, maybe he's just he was a, like, my goal is two million. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he's just like a fucking Internet goofball. Like, yeah, like fart jokes, the person. Right. <laughs> And then there's Gum Gang, who is all of that, but also a Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. Like, I got the sense that Joker Gang was not. 
I think he was. Su- oh wait, Joker Gang is not fart jokes. The person Gum Gang is fart jokes. The person right. Joker Gang is Joker pilled, just like the Joker. Right, right, right. But Florida and right, Florida. I want to say it was Florida. I think it was Florida. If it's not Florida, I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, if it's not, they should they should go there. Yeah. Either way, it's just two dudes really comfortable throwing the N word around. So comfortable. And they actually ask Andrew Callahan why he opened the documentary with this footage. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't know. It kind of like represents Trump supporters versus everyone else. <laughs> like it's a fight. He's like it's a battle. And I don't know if I agree with that, but it did make for an interesting opening to the documentary. I don't know if it was the best metaphor, <laughs> but if that's what he sees it as, that's interesting because he was there. Yeah. Yeah. And it is interesting footage. I don't know if he's trying to show it as like, these are the two cartoonish extremes of each side. Because if so, I don't think he nailed that either. Well, actually, I guess if I think about like the core of Joker, it's very like incel-y dude vibes, you know? And that that gives a lot of like Q vibes also, just like the real deep insanity and then like with gum gang it's just like kind of like stupidity and i think that that could really just like encapsulate anyone else (laughs) yeah pretty much um so i do think it's like an all right thing but i had to really think about like their names and what they stand for but i do think that it's interesting that they were able to show these guys eventually being cordial with each other and no one else ever is (laughs) yeah they really did bridge that spoilers these two hugged after their fight yeah but they did fight also by andrew like imagine that too like i i don't know about you but i'd never heard of joker gang or gum gang no never at all but they have enough of a following that they do like a celebrity boxing match and it seemed like a Mm -hmm. lot of people showed up yeah like more people than if i just like booked a spur of the moment comedy show Oh, more people than if both of us did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of people. Yeah. It was pretty depressing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's that's entertainment, folks. Also, we're not fighting people. Fights in Adam, like no matter what, you're going to go to a fight. Like that's just a, that's just a thing that's always been, you know? <laughs> yeah. If you hear somebody you know is going to fight, you are there. <laughs> yeah. Like if me and Jen booked a fight, pol- oh people would God. show up. Including the police. Imagine you and I, yeah. like, fucking trained to fight each other. <laughs> that would be amazing. I have no idea who would win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd have the reach, I think. You, you... I am, like, shockingly tall. Yeah. You're... And, like, scrappy. And I don't, like, I would, like, fucking try, you know? Yeah, and I'm all old and shit. Yeah, but, like, you're also a dude. Yeah, I'm also, yeah, a big, strong yeah, guy. I don't know who would win. Okay, chat, weigh in. <laughs> <laughs> Who wins? And what charity do you want to donate to to make it happen? <laughs> Who wins and why? <laughs> we will be accepting accepting three-page essays. <laughs> Anyways, so that's not even anything to do with the documentary. <laughs> no, no. The, the, they show a bunch of clips of Andrew Callahan's previous work, and it looks interesting. I just, I have never taken any of it in. It seems like he definitely was not that political at first. He was just asking yeah. people questions on Bourbon Street after bar time. Yeah. But then it turned into something else, it seems like, and I guess got so, a little more political. I think that he was just really, okay, to me, Andrew was just seeking out people who were doing risk-taking behavior. Yeah. And um, kind of, I think... The vibe that I got from All Gas No Breaks was a level of hopelessness across the board with everyone that like is shown through whatever weird risk-taking behavior people are partaking in and just like their reasoning for that and like how truly fucked up everybody is. That is true. Um, So I think that's like kind of what All Gas No Breaks was. And also I think that he's just like very passionate about like – seeking out anything like he's just like a very curious person was the vibe that i got and also seeking 
like risk taking behavior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does like he goes a lot of places. This this has kind of Borat vibes to it. But like Yes. But like if Sasha Baron Cohen went out and did Borat stuff as Sasha Baron Cohen instead of Right, just like a real person. As a character. Because it's like a lot of what made Borat so great was the things the people were willing to do because there was a camera and a microphone in their face. It wasn't yeah. so much Sasha Baron Cohen. And it's kind of the same thing here. Like just by being willing to show up in some of these places, he gets footage a lot of other people aren't going to get. Like because he's not going in as like a newsman. He's not like I'm, yeah, I I'm, feel like he was very committed to maintaining neutrality in his interviews. Yeah. Where like he's not giving any emotional response. And I think in that way you kind of like don't really get to know Andrew um throughout any of his work. It's not really ever about that. And I think that a lot that's like what I was drawn to is a lot of everything lately even fucking newscasters on regular ass channels you're like seeing that person's character pretty regularly because of hyper individualism being rewarded right now and i just didn't see that from him and i don't know if that was for journalism or just you know who he is or what but it is definitely something i was drawn to because i hadn't seen that behavior before yeah it's an interesting approach because he looks like fucking napoleon dynamite yeah like he's even i also loved seeing somebody out there just like with fucking acne like looking like some dude yeah but that's kind of like the only like comedic thing about it the rest of it he's just kind of letting everyone else provide yeah and i don't the- even think he's trying to look funny i think he was trying to look like not there like he's wearing like a beige suit yeah like it's like i think he was trying his best to blend do you know what i mean like yeah. even though that wasn't like necessary like he was trying to look like a journalist right <laughs> yeah look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the premise of this documentary, it seems like it's kind of along the same lines of his previous work. It's like man on the street stuff. But it starts with him kind of like digging into QAnon and talking to QAnon believers. And it eventually escalates to being more about the January 6th insurrection, even though he wasn't at that. Like, I I expected he would have footage from that. But he they made it seem like that. But then I realized that even if he was at that, the implications of him being at that would not be something that they could do with the movie. Yeah. What I wondered was, what if he was there? Like, I think he definitely was. Would it? Yeah. But he said he had COVID. That's even more reason that I think he probably was there. Yeah. I don't know. Because I just why they why they show us all that footage of him in bed. I wonder if he would have... I was like, sure. (laughs) I wonder if he would have gone inside if he was there. He would have tried. So that's why I think he wasn't there. Because it's not like you're not going to recognize him on all those cameras. Like, that's how most of the people got arrested, is there were so... It's the fucking United States Capitol. There are so many cameras around. Maybe he wasn't there. I feel like probably somebody from this production team was there. Yeah, I'm sure. Um... But also, I don't think that when Tim and Eric got on board with making a movie with him, that they knew what the movie was going to be. Yeah. And I don't 
think that the like story aspect or the seriousness of or the weight of the movie um became what it was until down the road because he has so much footage and a lot of it is not political or anything to do with any of that shit at all a lot of it is like festivals and stuff yeah and so I don't think that they had any real direction until they realized they had all of this documentation of people who were a part of the insurrection. Right. And so one of the first people he talks to is eventually becomes one of the most important figures in this documentary. He's a guy named Dave Mm -hmm. Todeschini, the inglorious patriot. This is he is like stereotypical QAnon Trump supporter. This motherfucker is a cartoon. Yeah. He looks like he's probably in his 60s or 70s. And just every QAnon Democrats are eating babies conspiracy theory you can think of. This guy is into it. He says the Democrats have been sacrificing children to Moloch. He says either these people get arrested or there's going to be another revolutionary war. Okay. And... I like there is a really brilliant piece of foreshadowing in this moment because we meet Dave Todeschini. We get to hear about all of his wacky beliefs. And then they it's just kind of offhandedly mentioned that, oh, yeah, he's not allowed to leave the state. Yeah, sus. And then they just move on to Another of his friends who is somewhere in Washington, D.C. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. But you don't think anything Mm -hmm. about it. It like moves on so quick. Yeah, it just goes so quick that you're like, all right, that guy was crazy. And uh, that comes back. Uh, We we find out why Dave isn't allowed to leave the state. It's pretty fucking fascinating. Uh, Like, I do feel like that was a really good, not good, but like fascinating part of the plot. Yeah, the... Especially for everything that happens after. Yes. And it blows my mind that people like Dave Todeschini, like all of these wacky beliefs of his, he's getting from the Internet. Like this dude is Mm -hmm. just chronically online, but somehow also is so Internet dumb that he doesn't realize anyone can look up his past and find out the things he's done and call yeah, him out about search, it. Yeah, search, motherfucker. And he's willing to go on this fucking documentary and spout this shit, just oblivious to the fact that it could be turned around on him at the end, which is what happens, and we'll get there. My random question to you, because this is the conspiracy show, sure. is do you think that people have always believed the insane, innate amount of conspiracy stuff that there is and there just wasn't a way to share it? Or do we think that it has gotten insanely worse with the internet and there's just so much more ability to spread? Because I can remember like a lot of like myths and weird conspiracy and stuff that you like talked about and and things when... You're like when I was a kid, but like I still had the internet, the internet was still developing. So I don't really remember a time before that as far as like conspiracy theories go. And like the conspiracy theories I'm thinking of are like weird perv kid ones. (laughs) I know it sounds weird to say, but I am old enough to remember that conspiracy theories didn't really become a taboo thing until the internet. Like, it seems Mm, like... Everything else was just kind of like an urban legend before that? No, not just that. It was just kind of accepted as another viewpoint, and no one really got all that mad about it. Like, conspiracy theories Mm. seem like they have gotten more prevalent with the internet, and I would argue they have not. Because I remember a time when you could go into Barnes & Noble, and they would have, like, one of those, you know, rotating book rack things that was full of paperback books that were like 150 pages really short and they were just like cliff notes on various conspiracy theories i had one Hmm. about malcolm x i had one about martin luther king jr and it was just really straightforward like here is what the alternative version of history claims happened to malcolm x or jfk and it was just like kind of commonplace and then it wasn't until the internet 
that conspiracy theories not only like took on the stink of being a fringe thing, but as it carried on, it became a fringe right wing thing where like if you say the word conspiracy theory, you are a right winger now. Like it was that was never, ever, ever, ever the case before the Internet. Well, I feel like that is so damaging also. I think that we've talked about this potentially a lot of times um, <laughs> that like a conspiracy is not necessarily something that is always outlandishly untrue. And I think that that has been labeled that way because of the right and because of Q and like how far gone the Internet rabbit hole is. But, like, there are conspiracies frequently that are true. Well, I mean, all a conspiracy really is is, you know, two or more people working together toward a goal, but telling people the goal is something else. Either that or just not wanting to people people to know they're working toward that goal. Like, the war in Iraq was a conspiracy. Like, we didn't mm. – everyone knows we didn't go because of weapons of mass destruction now. And it's pretty commonplace right. to question that. And that's the example I always use. Like most people are confident that there were no weapons of mass destruction. And it's like, well, then what's the difference? Like that's a conspiracy theory too. Like conspiracy theories at the end of the day, in a lot of cases, just boil down to questioning the government's official versions of events. As you should. And yeah. you, this government has given us nothing but decades of historical proof that we should always question their motives and what they're yes. up to. And I think labeling cons government dissent as conspiracy theories is one of the biggest fucking psyops this government oh, ever pulled off. Yeah. <laughs> because now it really, we really have reached a point where if you question the official government version of events, you're labeled a conspiracy theorist. And that's nuts. That's absolutely insane. But some weird shit is going on on TikTok about this kind of stuff. But I think that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, we should get back to this documentary. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, it's so easy to like get into that, though, because um, I feel like people stay blaming the internet and i feel like a lot of what this does is show you that there's people that don't even fucking require that <laughs> to no. be at this level yeah this was all spreading before the internet like it's yeah and i feel like this guy that fucking dave guy in particular this guy would have found a way to feel like this without the internet oh for he's sure. not even good at the internet yeah for sure i love the clip of andrew traveling to i think he goes yeah he goes to dc and talks to a friend of dave's and this guy is just going on and on and on about globalists and andrew just goes who are the globalists and the guy's <laughs> like oh you know like the glo the globalists <laughs> and he's like you know you the classic globalists he's like can you name any globalists and the guy's like nah but you know it's the globalists I'm not gonna name names like it's so like it's funny but it's also sad it's fucked up because everybody tries to have a group of people that they scapegoat and who are the globalists yeah <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> yeah the globalists it's the globalist uh what is a globalist i will say the biden supporter that he briefly shows does come off as just kind of equally crazy. Yes, I love that. Yeah, that's there's. Wait, which which person was that? Oh yes, the one. Oh, she is more crazy, maybe. <laughs> yeah, she's like all dead in the eyes, and she goes, "Trump is going to go to prison in 2022, and he's going to get raped." She sure does. And it's like speaking of that's what you've put your energy towards, babe. Yeah, speaking of things for another podcast, we should probably talk about prison rape jokes someday yeah Especially could we stop with that it's everything phobic yeah i i used to do a bit on stage about it but like especially when you consider the demographics of our prison population like there's nothing funny about rape as retribution ever but no. it's like in the united states if we're talking our prison population like that is a victimized population already and we just yep yuck it up about 
people getting raped in prison. Them getting, yes, absolutely terrible things happening to people who terrible things have already happened to. Yeah. Just hilarious to us. Yeah. That, is, that shit is not fucking funny. Also, like, the fact that none of us can go a day without dropping soap and thinking about rape, that's fucking annoying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, not cool. And I'm still a bar soap guy, so it's a it's yeah, an actual problem. America. <laughs> so, oh, man, the Trump supporter who said she was a teacher in the hood. Oh, God, this poor bitch. Damn. She really is trying to be a good person is what's fucked up about all of it. Yeah, she she just has no idea what that looks like. She raps. She says that it was the best way to, you know, get across her students must hate her so much to her students because she was in the hood. So, of course, you have to rap to kids in the hood to get she said African-Americans so many times. Yeah. And it's so. Oh, my. Like, it's the most racist shit. And she's trying so hard to come off as like, see, I get it. I'm hip. I know you have to rap when you're talking to black people. She seriously was like, I just get along better with African-American people. And I'm like, I don't know that you do, baby. Like, I bet you don't. They all make fun of you as soon as you leave the room. No, she absolutely thinks she's doing the Lord's work and no one likes her. (laughs) She's so sad. A huge piece of shit. But like just garbage. And I bet you she's never listened to anybody. I'm going to tell you my least favorite person in this documentary, which is saying a lot because Alex Jones is in it, is Edward X. Young, erotic horror film actor. He's the guy who was wearing the camouflage MAGA hat, but he talks like an intellectual. And I don't know how any American can see this election that happened and not see it as fraudulent. It's like, shut the fuck up up with that accent where are you from no one talks like that in the united states you're trying to sound smarter than everyone else and you're a dipshit the transatlantic accent yeah hey i don't know why people don't see that this was fraud see hey sweetie (laughs) that guy fucking sucked yeah he's a nightmare and all the footage of him arguing with people was fucking exhausting is bad I did like the Million MAGA March. I didn't like the oh Million MAGA goodness. March, but I did like the footage of it in this documentary. And all the Alex Jones stuff is amazing. The Alex Jones stuff, I like don't even know how he was able to get so chummy with him like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, and- I'm like, damn, he like really got in with Alex. <laughs> yeah. And I know people at home are like, oh, what do you mean? Did they go to a Perkins and have lunch? No, there's a point where they're bench pressing and pouring alcohol into each other's mouths while they're doing it. And you know that was 100% <laughs> Alex Jones's idea. So, like, what is his day to day? Yeah, he, he, was, he was having a day that day, clearly. He, was, he looked like that like was just a fantasy he lives out all the time. <laughs> like, he was just like, this is just how I work out. Just another day interviewing journalists. Fuck, man. Like, Alex Jones, I would love to never meet him. (laughs) Yeah. I still, I got to sit someone down and run my Bill Hicks really is Alex Jones conspiracy (gasps) past people. I got chills. (laughs) Here's the thing. And everyone wants to laugh this part off. But Bill Hicks died. And a year later, Alex Jones, a guy who looks a shit ton like him, and has the exact same voice as him, ends up on the same production company as Bill Hicks. And then just, and Bill Hicks was political as I know, I was, I mean, I have listened to everything Bill Hicks front to back, come on. (laughs) And he hated Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I mean, he hated a lot of stuff and wanted to just see it all burn. And And that would be the way to do it. And he died of cancer. Uh Uh-huh. Which, I mean, that's a good way to just kind of like fade from obscurity as opposed to like he wasn't like shot on public television or anything like no. you just you can fake dying this of cancer. This is a really huh? good theory. Like he could have just really fucking bulked up, like gotten heavy, changed like his face a little and like al- got Botox legit. And also we're really getting off into other shit. I've mentioned this before, but. I have not heard this theory. Well, we've talked a, a little bit about the internet and conspiracy theories. And 
I've always, like, regardless of the Bill Hicks stuff, my opinion about Alex Jones has always been that when the internet started, the government knew they were going to have to do something about how information, like anti-government information, was going to spread on the internet. And so mm-hmm. do you just crack down like China, which is completely antithetical to what the United States is supposed to be? Do you, like, kill people when they get too close to real information on the internet like we were doing in the 60s? Or do you get your own personality out there in the conspiracy theory circuit to where anything that goes through that one person, people are automatically going to discredit it? So Alex Jones could talk about some real government shit that is happening, but because it's tied to Alex Jones, most people are just going to write it off as a conspiracy theory. That's the easiest way to handle it is to just be able to discredit it when it hits that circuit. But you're going to need a really strong personality to fucking pull that off. You can't just like tap someone and hope for the best. So the government could very well have gone to Bill Hicks and been like, look, everything you hate about the Clintons is right. And we need your fucking help. It's not impossible. It's very possible. And... I don't know how I never heard the same voice. Yeah, it's not. It's the same. It's, it, it is like if Bill Hicks did a character, that's what it would be. Yeah. In fact, I can envision moments in his stand-up where he's doing a dumb American character, and it's that. Yeah. And just. Oh, my God. It would make so much sense. And also, I've always felt weird about his death. Yeah, Bill Hicks. I don't, and I never really knew why and like an unusual feeling that I don't really typically get. Whatever. <laughs> so yeah, Alex Jones is in this documentary a bunch. Oh, so much. And like also just everything, the whole bit makes way more sense if it is Bill Hicks. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like honestly, Alex Jones, fake name sounding as fuck. And, like, popped out of fucking nowhere and, like, huh? (laughs) Same uh, location. They both come from Austin, Texas. Same production company. And here's the thing. I know, like... Production company? Like, what? And, like, I know the the really staunch, like, uptight leftists among the audience. And I'm not saying that to discredit, like, say shit about life. Consider myself a leftist, too. But I just know people aren't going to want to hear this. But Alex Jones is legitimately funny. In a lot of oh, so moments, funny. like if you watch a lot of his clips, like it would almost take a comedian to come up with they're making the frogs gay. Like that's a thing yes. Alex Jones said to his supporters and they were like, bravo, bravo. They, they show that in the doc. Yeah. They show that clip because it's so famous. And like there is so much memes about that. Yeah. Like. If you don't know about making the frogs gay, you've been missing out on so much internet. And again, think about what that does to any other story that comes through Alex Jones. Any talk of government malfeasance that comes through Alex Jones, the government doesn't even need to respond. Like mainstream media will just go, listen to what fucking Alex Jones is saying again, no matter how true it may be. And that's not me saying... Alex Jones speaks the truth. Like, Alex Jones talks a lot of bullshit, especially Sandy Hook. And, like, what happened with Sandy Hook kind of completely undoes my theory about Alex Jones being a government plant. Unless he just, like, went rogue. I don't know. Alex Jones is in this documentary. Alex Jones is a major player in this documentary, I would say. Yeah. And in Q and all of it. Yeah, absolutely. Another big player in all of this who is interviewed extensively is Enrique Tario, who is the leader of the Proud Boys. His interviews are really interesting, but like not in a not in a good way, like (laughs) in a haunting way. Yeah, I for one was not even sort of surprised to find out he has a government informant past. Yeah, not shocking. It's like like if you're the Proud Boys that. (sighs) I can see how they would fall for government infiltration of that nature because you got a person of color coming forward to be like, I'll be the face of your shit. 
no problem. I fucking absolutely. I fucking love white people. You kidding me? And then you get him in there and uh oh, he has a past of working with the government. Like that is also not conspiracy theory talk. One of the most fascinating aspects of the assassination of Malcolm X and just the government intervention into Malcolm X's whole shit was that one by the FBI's own admission, there were 10 FBI agents in the room when he was assassinated, but they were just there to watch. They weren't there to participate. Uh, just, just, they were just it's happenstance. Yeah. Just, they just had, they were there to, ch- they were fans. They were just there to check it out. You know? <laughs> also the number two in the nation of Islam at the time, Malcolm X was assassinated FBI informant, like the FBI had people at the highest fucking level of the Nation of Islam at the time. And they have to have only gotten better at that since then. Yeah. So I have, it didn't surprise me at all to hear that Enrique Tario is probably just a fucking government plant. And fuck you motherfuckers. That's what you deserve. He's at least a fucking consumerism plant. Shit. Yeah, he just like, he sells- Homie loves a t-shirt. He sells with t-shirts. words on it. Don't matter. He, doesn't matter what they say. He, yeah, he ad, like sort of even admits that he pro, he sells Biden merch on the internet too. Yeah, he's like, oh, it's a different company, but yeah. <laughs> and it's like that's ethics right there. Nothing. How very ethical. Yeah, just such a stand-up guy. So, uh, good for you, Proud Boys. I'm glad you got a fucking government agent as your leader, dude. You know what I saw the other day. A picture of Gavin McGinnis without... Gavin McGinnis is the original leader of the Proud Boys that stepped down. He's also the leader of Vice. Yeah. Or the or the creator of Vice, which is disturbed. Um, and um, I, I guess he, like, literally doesn't have a chin. Oh, really? Is that <laughs> why he's like, got that giant not beard? Not to hate, but, like, it is, like, just because of what the Proud Boys is, like, you kind of imagine them to be, like, chads and, like, chin boys. And um, <laughs> there's a picture of him with no beard, and it he looks like a fucking Bob's Burgers character. I don't <laughs> like, like that. I don't want to see that be, guy. Like, it is just straight mouth to neck. <laughs> it is wild. Gross. I mean, I wouldn't normally shit on people's looks, but this is just some next level shit. Yeah. I mean, fuck that guy. So look it up anyway. Yeah. So can we talk about the scariest person in this documentary? (laughs) I think we can agree that would be that Spencer kid. (laughs) Holy shit. Oh, my God. They spend that little guy a lot of time talking to this family And they are just like a family of QAnon believers, like hardcore believers. And you can tell these parents, they're homeschooling these kids. And you can tell there is like QAnon lessons in their homeschooling. Because this kid can spout off all the fucking QAnon tropes that you want to hear all the stuff about cabals and pedophiles and Joe Biden eating children and all like this kid just can spit it from memory. And it is. Yeah, he's terrifying to it. And we find out that it's not just that these kids are homeschooled, but their parents took them out of school because of like a combination of covid and QAnon. They don't. Yes. They don't want their kids. They to, were not teaching enough QAnon in schools. Pretty much. Yeah. They they feel like their kids are being like groomed or whatever the fuck QAnon supporters are saying these days and that they didn't want them to have to wear masks. So they just pulled their kids out, start homeschooling them. And it is clear that they are just <sighs> teaching them Q drops. It is fucking nuts. And they show the dad like going through the Q website of Q forum, whatever yeah. the fuck. And he's like, yeah, you got to use a Q code because they speak in code. And like, I'm like, huh? Yeah. I like the part where Andrew Callahan points out that they misspelled the word sacrifice. And he goes, is that yeah. part of it? Is that a clue? And the guy goes, yeah, definitely. It's like, <laughs> on man. I did hear someone in this documentary compare QAnon to Nigerian email scams. And that it's a basic comparison, but it is shockingly accurate, I would 
What are that? What are that? (laughs) Nigerian email scams are a thing. I don't know that they happen only in Nigeria, and I don't know how huge they still are, but basically people would send out like hundreds, thousands of emails a day claiming like I'm a member of the royal family and I'm trapped in this country and if you can help me get this money out of the country, I'll share it oh, with you. Oh, oh, oh. And it's a total numbers game where most people are like, that email's not even going to get to them. It's just going to go to their spam filter. Mm-hmm. But it only takes like one or two people to fall for it. And that's how it becomes this huge industry that it is. And QAnon's kind of the same thing. Like most people who see this stuff, are going to be like, they misspelled fucking sacrifice. What is this? Yeah. But then you're going to get people like this who internalize it, <laughs> hand it down to their fucking kids. And it's just a numbers game. Like QAnon is still a fringe group, but there's a lot of them. Like there's as many of them as there were like Seventh Day Adventists at this point in that group's. That's really crazy. Development in that group is definitely managed to take a foothold in the United States. So do you think that like puzzles are a good way to create a following? Maybe like maybe maybe I ought to start making more puzzles. Yeah. We need to start like, keep we got to come up with an unpops code. Yeah. We, we should keep doing podcasts, but we should just like put them on USB drives and leave them in <laughs> random locations and give people clues as to where they can find them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can only get this month's episode if you follow the fucking breadcrumb trail to Grandma's house in the forest. We have to do that with at least one episode. We sure do. (laughs) And then people find it and it's just at like the Hooters in Long Beach or something. (laughs) That would be amazing. Oh, my God. The last time I did anything like that was when like people ask each other to prom. (laughs) They're like, "Uh, it's a scavenger hunt. (laughs) Oh, that would be so disappointing if you did that and it was a no at the end. Oh. Oh, fuck. <laughs> they also interview Forgiato Blow in this. Uh, he is the MAGA rapper. He is such a fucking con artist. Like, he even says, I wasn't a Republican until 2016. And it's like... Oh, yeah. Homie's just playing capitalism. Yeah. And he's not a good rapper. <laughs> he's not a good rapper. And don't play capitalism that way, fuckface. Like... No. You are... Don't go to the evil side, you motherfucker. You are stealing well, music evil, but... from the community that capitalism hurts the worst. Like, yeah. fucking... I hope you break your fucking ankle this weekend. Damn. Right? Fucking get him. Ankle down. I did find there was footage of this December 12th rally that turned into a riot in Washington, D.C. And I thought that was a really interesting piece of the January 6th puzzle because the Proud Boys used to be vehemently pro-police. And then this rally happens on December 12th in D.C. and the police break it up and kind of like tear gas the Proud Boys and like use force. Mm -hmm. And that's when they start like moving away from being pro-cop. Like there's one of them that is talking to a cop and literally says, we're on your side, but that doesn't have to last forever. And Yes, that moment is so crazy to be on camera. Yeah, and then you see that on January 6th, where I think a lot of people's question about that incident was, well, aren't you supposed to be like Blue Lives Matter, all like pro-cops? And it's like, no, that ship has sailed. Now they're just like pro-whatever cops are on their side, and then everyone else can get fucked. And... I don't know what to think about that because, you know, I also don't love the cops, but I feel like we dislike the cops for very different reasons. Well, yeah, they dislike cops because cops weren't going to bat for them. Right. And we dislike cops because cops fuck up everyone's life. (laughs) Yes. And so, I mean, it's similar reasons on a broad scheme, but they don't have the perspective to understand that when it's not about them, cops are still behaving like assholes. I think my favorite moment in this is when that kid is sad at the end. Oh, yes. The whole movie is worth that. Yeah. The part where the whole family is just distraught because all the things Q told them was going to happen to keep Trump in office 
none of it fucking happened. And I hate to say it, but the kid sounds like the smartest one in the family. And I think that's... Oh, he's definitely the smartest one. I think that's why he does the most talking. And he's really kind of eloquent in explaining why he's so disappointed in Q. So eloquent. He really is just like, well, it was all a lie. So I'm disappointed. Yeah. And it's like, good. Like, I'm glad your family is sad in this moment. Like, your parents need to drink. They should feel betrayed, yeah. And your parents need to feel like they have betrayed you as a child. Like, Yes, because they did bad. <laughs> they did. They taught you some bullshit and made it the entire center of your family's life for like a, at least a year. Y'all were probably. outside in the street with no cars waving flags. Yeah, that was... There's like almost no one in the neighborhood. And there's no one imagine being their neighbor. Oh, man, that would be I would cry every day. (laughs) Yeah, that would be bad times. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, fuck. Not again that the flags I got to kidnap these children. (laughs) And so then the last like big aha gotcha moment in this documentary, we go back to Dave Todeschini. And now he and Andrew Callahan are for one thing, they're eating at a Culver's, which made me very lonely for a Culver's butter burger. One of the <laughs> only fast food outlets that will sell you a pork tenderloin sandwich, unlike these other Ew. fucking cowards. Now they're delicious. I bet not. Okay. It's just like a fry. <laughs> it's just like a chicken sandwich, but it's like a really pork. thin piece of pork instead of chicken. It's really good. I've been to Culver's. It's fine. I love a Culver's, but that's not what's important about this scene. What's important <laughs> is Andrew is running Dave through this list of prominent liberals and Democrats. He's holding up pictures. And every time, like it's one time it'll be Oprah and Dave's like pedophile. Joe Biden, pedophile. I don't even remember. There's one picture he holds up and I'm like, there's no way. Oh, it's Jonah Hill. And I remember <laughs> being like, there's no way Dave knows who that is. And Dave like hesitates and goes, pedophile. It's like, you. <laughs> don't even know who that was. <sighs> and then Andrew points out that Dave had been arrested a few years prior and charged and convicted with child Being a pedophile. molestation and not just child molestation, sodomy. Like he yeah. raped a child. And of course, he's like, well, I did what Michael Flynn did. I pled guilty because I had no choice. The state was after me. And it's like, shut the fuck okay, up. Dude. And Andrew's like, are you familiar with projecting? Like, do you think you might be projecting? He's like, no, no, I'm going to take this whole system down. And it's like, shut up, you sex creep. Fuck. It's pretty creepy. It's so fucking disturbed because, like, I'm sure a lot of these people who feel like this and scream about this stuff, it's the same shit. And so it's really scary to think about that perspective when you really zoom out. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're looking that hard, what are you looking for? Right. That's the thing. And that is the thing that it's like, so what's up with Andrew? Yeah. (laughs) So then. What are you looking for, buddy? Then Andrew, he got to enjoy this for a day or two. Like 48 hours. (laughs) And then allegations about Andrew Callahan came out. And they're not good. No. It's more than one woman, like two or three women. I don't know exactly how many. And it's just kind of like sex pest coercion behavior that is not good. He did an apology video. He has since been in a psych ward, done an apology video, and um, I almost liked the apology. There is one part where he says that he never um, did anything that someone said no to, and I'm like, that is exactly what they said you did. <laughs> like, yeah. So don't fucking do that. You could have literally had a perfect apology if you had just taken fucking responsibility for every single one of your actions and said, I'm working to do better. Maybe a lot of the stuff that I was doing was to try to fill a void in my soul that I'm going to try to fill otherwise right now and take a break from being in the social sphere of things. 
Just take responsibility for your actions. Donate money to fucking something. Like, to the victims. I don't even know. Do something. There's no actionable change ever with any of these apologies. And I just feel like that's a huge part that's missing. And, like, we were all rooting for Andrew, you know? It's, like... Very rare that somebody just like fucking puts their foot to the ground running with something and then you have an HBO movie. Yeah. Like that is very rare. We were all stoked that somebody could like reveal people to be all kinds of crazy with no actual fucking forced opinion on anything. You kind of are left to your own decisions with it. And that is rare as well. Like there was so many things that I was rooting for Andrew about. He was on CNN being like, fuck CNN. Yeah. And no one has ever really done that. I posted on my story about it the week before the movie came out being like, good job, daddy, whatever the fuck, you know, me online. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, then he saw it. And then the next day I saw him on the street and I was like, hey, I think I called you daddy on my story last night. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, in what context? And I was like, oh, you were just shitting on CNN while being on CNN. And I thought that was dope. And he was like, thanks. And like fist bumped me. And we were like, have a good day. Keep doing the work you're doing. Both of us like, yay. Yeah. And it just like was a very normal interaction. And that's the real thing is that you shouldn't trust anyone to not make mistakes like that i feel is the vibe because you know you're just gonna be perpetually disappointed and the thing about mistakes is that just because you don't think you made any doesn't mean you didn't right like and i think that's the issue with a lot of this is like i don't think that andrew actually thinks he did anything wrong and i still don't and yeah that's that's a problem. I mean, it's a problem for him, especially in that what he's accused of, like not to minimize it, obviously, but he could come back from it. Like he's not. He could. Danny Masterson. He didn't like forcibly yeah. rape someone like Danny Masterson should be in fucking prison. Like Andrew yeah. Callahan obviously did bad and needs to work on himself. But yeah, just like be honest about it and fucking do the work and it'll Andrew Callahan should have every girl funny. on a live stream who fucking accused him of something if they're willing to and they should all fundraise for damages done to everyone involved and like some fucking women's charity or something and just have hard conversations and see if anybody's down. Yeah. That's what needs to fucking happen at some point is people who are victims and the person who did something need to have a live conversation and show what that looks like to try to grow and be better and learn and no one is willing to do that and I understand that but when are we going to grow from this era? Yeah. I don't see anything besides separation of sides and people thinking they didn't do anything wrong and no forgiveness. And like, not that anyone who did anything wrong needs to be forgiven, but what an exercise it could be to try. That's all. Especially the girls that already put themselves forward. Let's have some hard conversations. I'm not asking them to do anything. They're victims. They can do whatever they want. I, maybe I need to fucking reach out to somebody who fucked me up and we can start a podcast. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Who knows? I don't know. It just seems like these conversations need to be had not amongst just men. Like, good job, Andrew, for confronting this Dave guy. I don't think this Dave guy thinks he did anything wrong either. No, no. but And I don't think he will. Yeah. And same with Alex Jones. I think Dave is mentally ill, though. And Yeah, I think we're all fucking mentally ill. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not to the extent Dave is, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. Dave needs serious help and supervision. In several ways, like state supervision. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a good documentary. I think it's important. The allegations against Andrew Callahan are also obviously very important and very bad. And I don't know, like at the same time, I didn't learn a lot from this documentary. Like it did... Feel a lot. Right. It was a lot of stuff I already knew, and it was a lot of the depths of how bad things are. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, it felt a lot like throwing gas on a fire that's already burning bright enough that we can see it. Like this Well, I think there was probably footage from the insurrection that they wanted to show that we couldn't see. Yeah. That I would have been interested to see. But that's kind of like the vibe of what they were putting out. And I was like, hmm, we never really saw any of that. Yeah, he does he spends most of the he claims to have spent 
most of the Capitol insurrection in his RV with COVID. So, And also, like we said, we all thought that this was like coming to some sort of head to a larger war or something. But really, it was just one day that we all lost our minds. And then what? Yeah, I think the question is what's next? Just all fizzled like i don't where like did everyone just get disillusioned when nothing that they believed in happened i don't think so yeah yeah who knows now who knows i guess we will see maybe me and you Mm -hmm. will have to do the next documentary like this yeah we'll have to start it with our fight yeah yeah oh i forgot about that yeah (laughs) we are gonna beat the shit out of each other (laughs) for charity So I think that's our episode, right? Yeah, definitely. We did it. We did it. Jen, thank you so much for guesting on the pod. Do you have anything to plug before we get out of here? Oh, I mean, just uh, follow and subscribe to my Twitch. Following is free. And usually one of my nice, nice subscribers will gift you a sub for your first month. It's only $5 to subscribe for the month. I do New Music Fridays every Friday starting at 9 a.m. We listen to all of the music from the week. If you're going to listen to music during the day, why not just listen to music with me instead? Right? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, Oh, and SNL, February 12th. AdamToddBrown.Substack.com. Uh, you can pay me to write. I'll be back at it more in February. And that's all I got. We should get the fuck out of here. Jen, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. XOXO Gossip Girl. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.